drink it in now. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Cornbread! 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 Drink it in now. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Touch, touch, touchdown, Detroit Lions! Detroit Kool-Aid, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers. What's going on, everybody? It's your host, Eric Oakley, right here. I'm a Detroit Kool-Aid cast. If you can't hear right off the top, my voice is gone. It would have had the time of my life in the city of Detroit. The first playoff game. You know, as a diehard, loyal Detroit Kool-Aid drinker and host of this show. Um, so excited to talk about it. What a big dubski. And, and I don't know if this game was more exciting and more hype for the Lions. <laughs> Man, it hurt to do that. Or... For at Chops in the D, who's going to join me on this show? Because this was like, everyone's talking about it was a Jared Goff revenge game. Everyone's bula bula about Matt Stafford. I don't think anybody wanted this game more than Chops because he has been hating Matt Stafford for years. He loves him some Jared Goff. And this was one hell of a football game for those two and on a, so many other levels. Chops, you're back, ready to get into this. So much hype, so much great things to talk about. What a Sunday evening in the D in Ford Field. What's going on, buddy? Hey, great to be on the show, Oakry. Listen, man, I, yeah, I, I, my voice is a little raspy. My legs are a little sore. It was worth all the pain and suffering. I'm going to try it. Here we go. You may or may not have heard that several times in the stadium throughout the day. Oh, Baby, what a game. What a victory. We're going to break it all down. So much to talk about. You know, I, oh gosh, Oakry, I, I, it was such a good day, man. Just such a great day. Uh, great night, Sunday night. The city was alive. It was cold as balls outside, and people didn't care. Fans were running around the streets with no shirts on. It was just a great, great time leading up to this amazing game. And we're going to get up into it, all of it. Um, but yes, lots of uh, lots of good things to talk about. And such a great day from my boy, JG16, and the conductor of the hashtag golf train. And, uh, you know, not, not such a good day for, uh, you know, Maddie Staddy. Charles, we're going to talk all about this ball game here in a moment. And like you say, I mean, I've never yelled so much in my life. I can barely believe I can even talk. I, I hear my voice going in and out. But before we got in the stadium, man, as you just noted, I mean, I we were the first ones in the parking lot. We were the last ones uh, to leave the parking lot. And it was absolutely <laughs> Colder than expected, windier than expected. Um, you know, a lot of the folks decided they were just going to roll into the ball game because when we did get into Ford Field, everybody was there. But as people saw on the old Twitter machine, on the old X platform, um, you know, I had the signage. We had gimmicks. Um, it was freezing. Our food was awesome. 
Uh, Kool-Aid drinkers were incredible. Um, like I say, some of the other Detroit fans, you were a little bit wimpy. You 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 didn't show up in mass outside for five, six hours like we did. <laughs> but uh, you were inside representing for sure. And, and we did laps in the concourse. You were you were picking out Rams fans, waiting until there was a crowd of people and then yelling what? Oh, my go-to, boo this man. <laughs> uh, and it was exceptionally great when someone was wearing a, uh, a L.A. Rams Stafford jersey. I was seeking those out like a heat-seeking missile. <laughs> we did a couple jersey checks on nine in blue. And fortunately for us and for them, it said, hashtag JMO fast on the back. So, so that was good to see. I mean, gosh, what else, man? It, it was just a crazy lead up, but me and you had kind of decided even before we got rolling that, um, because of the weather and because of everything that has been going on in our life, people were out of power. You were telling me all this craziness, like we were just ready to get into this ball game. And once we got in, you could see many other people were laser focused I wasn't seeing Rams fans. I wasn't seeing Blue Staffords. Like people were ready to go, and we and we were part of that as well. Okri, you know we shout out. We do a lot of shout outs on the show, and I'm gonna kick this off by giving a huge, huge DKC shout out to the people of Detroit, to the Lions fans. I did not see one. Count them, not one. Honolulu Blue Stafford jersey. woo I was so happy I didn't have to correct any jerseys. And, man, you know, thinking back to it, like, we showed up. Like, I, if I'm having to put a number on it, man, I saw less than 50 Rams fans in the, in the stadium. And like you said, we walked the concourse. We booed every single one of them. Uh, you know, I took it easy on the women and the children. But still, like, Detroit showed up and we made sure not to get any tickets to the Ram fans at all. So kudos to the city of Detroit, kudos to Ford field, kudos to the lions fans who were ready to drink in this victory. They've been waiting for years and years and years and they showed up. We balled out and we left the stadium winners. Drink it in. Double sided cornbread. Cornbread! Cornbread! Actually, I'm going to do three. Cornbread! Just because Chops uh, used the word kudos three times in, in a matter of moments, which I've always, since the show started, made fun of people that use the word kudos because it's a very odd word to use, and it makes me laugh every time that people do. Um, Chops, one, one thing you said is how the people not only understood the assignment, but how they showed up. I, I mean, they definitely understood. Ain't that right, Beetlejuice? Yeah, I understand. I got it in my head, dude. Exactly. That's what everybody had because nobody was repping this guy. And uh, like I said, let's do this just little lead up before we uh, get in this ball game. For me, the place was packed. People were rowdy in the concourse. But like I say, the focus seemed to be there of like, we're coming to win this game. I didn't see people all nervous. I didn't see people, you know, oh, I, I hope we don't get blown out. You know, I didn't hear any of that. I didn't see people uh, giving credit to the few that were in Rams gear. People were ready to go. And Chops, I'm just going to tee you up for this one. Give me your take. Give me your thoughts. When we're sitting there pregame, we're getting ready to get hyped. And the um king, Matty Stafford, runs out first. None of his teammates, nobody in close vicinity, runs out to lead his team out onto our field. And the fans, 
booed this man. I feel it was appropriate. I feel it was well done by the fans. But I want you to also accentuate what was also awesome, which was pregame throughout the game. There was a certain other chant by Detroit fans that repped our current guy <laughs> while also not denigrating the former quarterback of this city. And uh, it, it was loud, it was proud, and it was tremendous. So I, I think the boos were absolutely warranted in a game like this. And the other chant was great as well. Ford Field was lit, man. It was lit. We were ready to go. People were on their feet. They were in their seats early. They had their wristbands with the flashy lights on. And yeah, when number nine from the Rams came out on the field, Matthew Stafford, uh, they they did what they should have done. They booed him, okay? Like, anytime you saw him, like, you know, the ca- I feel like the cameras even avoided putting him on screen at any point in time because they knew that he was going to get booed, and it was great. And um, But again, you know, like we talked about before, this game to me was not about Matt Stafford. It wasn't about the SOL. It was about Jared Goff and this team. And the people showed the love for the Goff train, for JG16, man, multiple times. Before the game even started, during warm-ups, before the anthem, before the first kickoff, during the game, Jared Goff, Jared Goff, 60,000 people strong chanting the name of the man whose train I have conducted for three years. I was in ecstasy. I was in paradise just to hear the people give the love to my boy, Jared Goff, before the game, after the game, during the game, everything. It was amazing. Absolutely amazing. Did you ever hear it? Oh, you've been a season ticket holder for how long? Did you ever hear the crowd chant, Matthew Stafford, Matthew Stafford? No, never. Oh, hold on. Let me think about that for a second. Um, Yeah, that's right. That's right. No, I, I absolutely haven't. They've never chanted anyone's name in unison like that or in general, except for Barry. <laughs> um, it, it was something to behold. It was it was saying, this is our guy now. This is a guy that's going to beat you today. This is the guy we're repping. And and it's all sports. This is not uh, your human be- bad human being. This isn't something against your family or your kids. This is straight wow, up. Yeah. You're the other quarterback. We don't like you. And uh, it's going to last until the clock strikes zero and we have more points than you, which we're about to get into. So I thought that was tremendous. I mean, gosh, Eminem uh, with the intro, the <laughs> lights going out, the light show, the the absolute eruption for like J-Mo and Saint and, and JG-16 and our offensive line, Penne. I mean... Uh, again, I remember taking a buddy. We went to the Monday night game, and he hadn't been to many games. He's kind of like, man, is it always like this? I'm like, dude, this is incredible. Like, it's not always like this is insane. These people are going nuts. This is the loudest I've ever heard any stadium ever. But it wasn't louder than this game because this was absolutely off the charts from start to finish from a, a volume perspective, but just the intensity, the everything that went into these plays. So we'll get into it as we get going on this review. But anything else on the on the preview before we hit kickoff that you wanted to throw out there? No, just a really cool moment that happened, you know, outside the game is, uh, you know, they showed Eminem on the screen. 
uh, I can't remember. I, I can't remember exactly at what point in time they played this, but it was uh, they showed them on the screen, and then they p- started to play "Lose Yourself," and then like the music faded out, and the entire stadium saying like the entire like the the whole chorus and first verse of "Lose Yourself" oh, in yeah. unison together as one, and it was just like, man, I don't know. Like you just you just felt like you were part of something big and bigger than you know you or me or you know that guy or this girl or this season ticket holder or that you know kid in the stadium for the first time whatever it was like it was just like we were all united as one for everything that we had going and it was just crazy and i hate to give rod wood credit for anything until he removes himself from the draft room or football anything to be honest but I feel like between him and his cronies or whoever else is working in the old Ford Field offices these days like they finally are getting like the pregame and just the atmosphere right you know I see some I see Lions signage all over the you know uh, outskirts of the field better graphics they even had a little pyro going which you had never seen in Ford Field before they had the light show they actually either paid or were smart enough to get Red Hot Chili Peppers drummer, then they got Elm, then they got all these other um, classic songs during the break, not the old Bula Bula they used to have, which put everybody to sleep. So um, I just think from a presentation perspective, getting everybody hype and just, again, then letting it be about football was was really on point. So Chops, I usually say this off the top of the show, but we don't have any time to mess around. I say we need to get into this pl- this game, a home playoff game, Lions Rams, things we notice, just get people hyped, do some gimmicks like we do. So my favorite thing was we won the coin toss, took the football, which like you never do, but they've been doing more recently, the Lions have, and it gets your offense an extra extra possession. Our offense is really the the quote unquote engine on this train um that, that's taking us places. So um I like that move and, and what they do, Choppy. Right down the football field. It couldn't have been smoother. 10 plays, 75 yards, mix of run and pass. They got us going early with a couple nice runs. Um, you know, your boy Jared Goff with a beautiful um, ball up over the linebacker to Jay Ray, the Serpent of Death. You know, we, we start moving, just hitting bing, bam, boom, whatever we want to do. Ben Genius doing his thing. And then there it is, a one-yard touchdown from Demo, faux show, another sco, let's go. I mean, got to love it. It's Demo, right? Demo. All, all I could say is D-Money. It was amazing. <laughs> Slicing and dicing up and down the field, golf throwing bombs. J-Ray was balling out right out of the gate. And, uh, you know, and to just pound it in the, into the end zone right off the, right off the bat, man, like five drain, you know, five minutes and 30 seconds, long sustained drive, 10 plays, 75 yards tug at the end. Uh, couldn't have started any better. You could definitely couldn't have. I, I think there were even spirals on this drive by your quarterback. I mean, it, it was Woo-hoo! something else. It was something else to be seen. I mean, uh, imagine that. Um, you, you know, the the Rams come right back down the football field, and it felt like, oh, damn, here we go. They're going to answer this touchdown. But, like, even the Lions getting that first touchdown really was big because in these big-type games, if you just go three and out or you had a turnover, like, it could really get in your psyche or could have just dimmed the hypeness that was in this crowd. Even part of me was thinking, as much as I just said I love the offense taking the football, that crowd was so ready to go and so hype and so loud. I thought, 
let's get the defense out because we can really rattle Matt Stafford and company right now. But sure enough, they got the ball back, you know, a couple plays here or there. We could have maybe got off the field and done some things, but they moved it all the way down. But sure enough, Lions D stiffens up late. A um, couple missed throws, couple plays, you know, somebody get a hand on a football and they're forced to kick a field goal. I thought that was huge. And then uh, I'll kick it over to you, um, Chops, for the next drive, another touchdown drive starting in this first quarter for our Lions. And I'll finish it off once you tell me who scores the touchdown. Yeah, sounds good. Before I start on our touchdown, look, you know, I want to I want to point something out before we get into that. They sustained that drive. They got all the way down to the Lions six. Uh, first and goal on the six and the and the uh, defense just they just balled man like this was a theme uh it started that first drive of the rams getting into the red zone and not being able to score touchdowns brian branch with a phenomenal hand on ball on cooper cup uh on third down forcing the field goal good stuff by the lions d yeah they drove down yeah they got you know 70 some yards on it but held them to a field goal fantastic and what do we do then? We get we take the kickoff after the field goal and we go right down the field again, almost exactly like we had done the first time. Jared Goff throwing dimes. Again, <laughs> Josh Reynolds. Like, you know, people talked about Jared Goff being a former Ram and having a chip on his shoulder. How about Josh freaking Reynolds, former Ram? You know, his quarterback gets shipped out, shipped out of town. Like, I believe he was waived. We picked him up off of waivers. Like, the guy was just kind of pushed out of the way too. And he was ready to ball and to help JG 16 prove his worth again. You know, I think he had two receptions on that, but we just sliced and dice golf to J Ray golf to Gibbs golf to Gibbs. You know, they went from Demo, your guy Demo, in the first drive to Jameer <laughs> Gibbs show in the second drive. I think he might be a, is he, is he a, is he a something a, a multi-dimensional positionless elite weapon is that is that how that goes <laughs> oh man you, you you stole it but not with the gusto you needed to i thought you were going to kick it to me because everybody knows on this show that he's a multi-dimensional positionless elite weapon. um you know it's a beautiful 10-yard run ran with power a little shifty get to the end zone I mean, number 12 pick in the draft. I mean, you both love that pick. We said they should have took him. That's an obvious choice. Run that to the podium. <laughs> I think that I think that's what we said. I can't remember. But um, he he's just proven to be everything. And like I say, a rookie, a, a guy that's splitting time. And he's just still finding the end zone with regularity, looking like an absolute pro. I mean, incredible. So 14-3, we are feeling uh, just absolutely great about it until – you know, the Rams kind of get a few plays, whatever, hung up. And then they then they bomb one up, a 50-yard touchdown to Puka Nakua from BYU. Um, my boy, by the way. I think your boy is Jay Ray. You can take a little credit for him because you were repping him before he started balling. But, um, you know, this was disappointing. You know, one of those, you know, Cam Sutton getting burned. Cam Sutton, that's your guy. And... Uh, it's unfortunate he kind of got double moved and just got left in the dust, roasted, toasted, and extra crispy. Um, you know, 14-10, I felt like the crowd every time things like this would happen or some bad plays, it really did kind of, the, the crowd took a shot, of, you know, their hypeness went down, but the Lions would just come right back and, and get it right back from the crowd and for their own team. So sure enough, 
as we're heading to halftime here before we get our great sponsors in. Um, Lions put together another 11-play, 75-yard Folks, a 75-yard drive means you, you got the – they gave you a touchback and you went – all the way down the football field to score a touchdown. 11 plays, 75, 6-12 off the clock. Deep into their territory, and what happens? Fourth down, could easily take a chip shot, field goal. Uh-uh. Dan freaking Campbell. Stone cold Dan Campbell. Ain't going to go for any of that bleep. He says go for it. What do they do? They dial up Sammy Biscuits. We're all Sam Laporta supporters in the crowd. Bad knee, doesn't matter. Knee brace, I don't care. Runs an absolute beautiful uh, route. Gets to the back, uh, you know, almost runs to the goal post. Jared Goff throws a somewhat decent spiral right into the breadbasket because he's ultra accurate. Touchdown Detroit Lions. I mean, again, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. Any credit. Hold on. Touchdown Detroit Lions. Thanks, Dan Miller. Um, this was huge. 21-10. to 10, uh, Crowd going crazy. Absolutely love it. Definitely worth noting, too, that uh, number 70, Dan Skipper, reported as eligible before that play took place on fourth and one. Just saying. Um, so that was nice, too. I think that was a little Ben Genius tribute. That was, uh, that was a little, little uh, Ben Genius tribute to, uh, to something, something. So he came out and he, he swapped the jersey nice and tight made sure that he was the only one on the screen and uh, he reported eligible. And that really just probably threw the Rams off. Cause they were like, Oh man, we've seen this play before. We know what happens. Uh, oh wait, no, that's when 68 reports. Oh no, we don't know what's going to happen. No, you don't know what's going to happen. Cause the Sam Laporta supporters were yelling and screaming because he darted to the goal post and made a snag from my boy, JG 16 with a great throw candidate right in there. Only how like he can do 21 to 10. Uh, and again, just, uh, you know, Dude, our offense is just elite. We did what we wanted to do, everything we wanted to do, and then some uh, on the offensive side of the ball, those first three drives. So, uh, you know, going right in after that, uh, at that point, I think there was about seven minutes left in the second quarter. Uh, The Rams do come down. Again, six plays, 75 yards in three minutes and pop in another tug, you know, playing catch up now. It's like, you know, we score, they score. We score, they score. They got a touchdown here. So, you know, they actually had, we actually had several opportunities to get off the field in the first half. And we didn't, um, you know, a, a couple of big third and longs that they were able to convert a fourth and five. They were actually able to convert. Um, and they came down the field and scored a touchdown. I believe it was a deep pass for 38 yards to uh two, two, uh, you know, Atwell. And again, I don't know who got burned on that one, but it was not good defense. He was pretty much wide open for, for a little, like just catch and go. But uh, so, you know, at that point, 17 to 21 and three minutes left in the half and take it away. Okri, what do we do? All right. I will take it away. But as I often do, when you go on a soliloquy or a rant or some other type of take that you have on the show, I have many uh, retorts, many uh, piggybacks, many comebacks. So first of all, since you're hashtag choppy hockey, um, how did you feel about Jordan 2-2 wearing number 22 when he was on the Detroit Red Wings? I'm curious. I mean, that's phenomenal, right? It doesn't get any better than that. But, you know, what? if my last name was nine, you know, I would be, uh, or niner, I would wear the number nine. You can't wear a 99 because of Gretzky, but yeah, no, that's good. I'm good with it. 
Uh, it wasn't very good for the Red Wings, but it was kind of funny slash very weird to have the name 2-2 and wear 22. But 2-2 Atwell is coming into his own a little bit, and this was very disconcerting on the touchdown. You you also mentioned about how, you know, we scored another touchdown. You're always saying these dams by your boy Jared Goff. Like, I mean, leads three touchdown drives. I'm just curious if, if we have a drop maybe on the show or some type of comment from you of what you might say to people that after three playoff touchdowns, the way this guy's played and how he's absolutely balling out. I am curious what you might say to people that aren't on the golf train, the hashtag golf train at that point. I'm very curious. I don't want your Bula Bula support when it comes to Jared Goff. You don't get to join the golf train. You're off, bro. You're off. Would it go something like that? Maybe. It would definitely go something like that. I believe I've said that before. That was the record. Yeah, that was the recording. That wasn't the live drop. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, you, 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 the people who doubted, you know, now they want, you know, he goes three for three on the first three drives, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. They want to jump on the golf train. You know what? It's a playoff special. We'll let it happen. Okay. You can have your ticket. You might be riding in the back. You don't get to be near the conductor. You don't even get a first class <laughs> ticket like this guy might, you're, you know, Oakry may or may not have after all the golf love. <laughs> he uh, showed last week, but uh, you know, I think Jared Goff would be okay with me allowing some people who maybe said some some things about him they want to take back. Um, you know, Lions uh, PR team and their Twitter uh, Insta Insta maybe uh, you know they, they they've done a great job of of throwing some shade to some former haters. Uh, so kudos to them. There's your kudos too. How about a shout out to them or a props from Chops to the Lions PR team? But yeah, listen. I might make some room on the golf train for the people that want to get on this here on for next week. But, but you're basically saying we got you're kicking us back to the caboose, but we can maybe get on. It's pretty much what you're saying. The last thing before I want to finish up this first half is say that was hilarious. We should have talked about in the pregame is when I swing by your house, you got all your wonderful wife and kids running around and, and whatnot. And, and your sons, your daughters. I mean, I, I barely get in the door and they start yelling this at me. Hashtag choppy liking. I mean, your, your son doing your gimmicks uh, with with absolute veracity. I mean, I, that that made me laugh on so many levels, and it also makes me very excited because if you ever kick the bucket or or if something bad happens or if I have to kick you off the show, I can just sub your son, your daughter, whoever in, and they can just do the same goofy gimmicks you do, and we can keep this thing rolling. So I felt really good about all that, and I had to get that in for the people because uh, you know we, we give you credit for the gimmicks, but uh, your kids do them just as well. Yeah, that was pretty funny, Oakry. They've uh, they've picked that up, especially my my little guy. He uh, he loves around and go. I think he was going woo wee woo wee. Chopy leggy, chopy leggy. So that was pretty fun. Um, you know what? Do we what should we call him? Little chops, little chopper. I don't know. Uh, he'll have to get he'll have to get his own hashtag. He can't be uh, he can't you know he can't be chops junior. I don't like chops junior, but uh, maybe little maybe little chop little chop little choppy chop or something. Yeah. He, but, he may uh, or not, we'll figure it out. He may or not have a guest segment at some point here in the off season, but uh, th- that was incredible. And uh, yeah, man, just to finish it up. So you know, again, it kind of took air out of the building. Twenty one seventeen. The Lions start driving down, and, and again, we hate to play the ref card, but we, it's just a staple with the Detroit Lions. Like, you know, we get over the 50, we're about ready to get a tug or a field goal at least. You know, what was it, third or fourth? Uh, I think it was like fourth and five. We decide to go for it, but we get a blatant offsides by the defense, and, and they just call a, a, a false start. 
I mean, no one moved. Nothing happened. We saw multiple replays. Like, Vest moved us back. Then we didn't end up having to punt. And, you know, obviously the Rams didn't have much time or couldn't do anything. So they just sat on the football. So it didn't really matter. But it definitely probably took points off the board. Um, even a touchdown maybe for the Detroit Lions and this could have come back big but I was glad it didn't but how these refs make these ridiculous calls like how you call a false start when no one moved on our side the guy jumped across the line and then our line stood up out of their stance like they do in every other game everywhere all the time um, makes absolutely no sense on no level so uh, that was glad it wasn't a turning point but here we are 21-17 at the half Chops, I think we got to get our sponsors in as well as come back and talk about these intense third and fourth quarters because this game was kind of a, a very, you know, not a lot of points in that second half for a while there. I thought we were going to get to my 51 score, but um, not many points. But wow, lots of intense moments, lots of uh, back and forth nothingness, but uh, big time ending for the Detroit Lions. Yeah, listen. <laughs> Uh, I I don't I, I you know I, I really I told myself before we started the show I wasn't going to do this, but oh I hate that every time there's a play you know a missed pass or a, a some type of like they the refs set the tone for this game early that we were going to have to hold our breath and sit on the edge of our seat anytime something may or may not have been called or may or may not have happened like. They had blown a call earlier in the in the quarter, uh, I believe late late in the first quarter, and then this just absolutely horrendous call on Taylor, Taylor Decker. This false start call again. We were driving, we were slicing, we were dicing. There was still a minute left, and we were on the forty-one. We should have got picked up the first down on that and been on the thirty-five with them over a minute left and a chance to score again. And they just made the wrong call and. You know, at this point in the game, you know, it was big. It was 17 to 21. I was getting nervous. I mean, at this point, I sat down in my seat. I put my head down and I'm like, are the refs just going to try to screw us again? And I had to take a minute to get myself out of that mindset because that could have been a turning point. And there were others too. And, you know, we'll talk about it later in the game. But like, I feel like every time we got a pass defense, you're not even, you're after the play's over, you're scouring the field, looking for the yellow on the field. Because the refs were going to try to find a way to screw us. But we can get into that later, or we can not get into it at all. I didn't even want to bring it up because of how this all ended up. But, yeah, that was a a rough point in the game. But we hit the end of the quarter, or hit the end of the half, 21-17. to We're on top. Again, took command of the game, took, you know, got the points early, and made them play catch-up all the way through the first half. And that ended up being the difference at the end of the game, which we will get into right here on the second half. Everybody, we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperice.com. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. 
All right, everybody. This goes out to my fantasy football fans out there. Now, you probably heard about Reality Sports Online, the most powerful fantasy sports platform where owners can build and manage their fantasy team like a real NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? I mean, we're talking free agency, multi-year contracts, rookie drafts, multi-team trades. You can put franchise tags on guys. Uh, It's as close as you're going to get to being an NFL GM. But do you think it sounds complicated? It's not. I'm here to tell you it's the best thing about Reality Sports Online is it's just more fun than your normal fantasy league. But it doesn't take barely any more time. After all this, are you still not sure? I mean, come on now. You can test your general manager skills by going over to Reality Sports Online, call it RSO. Please go check out realitysportsonline.com right now. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Kool-Aid drinkers are back. You're always helping out the show by supporting those sponsors, being a DKC Select member, uh, cost you less than a cup of coffee. Um, you know, we always just, you know, at the end of the day, we love talking ball, trying to make you laugh. We do it for the people. And the people <laughs> consist of the millions. And millions. You guys know how it goes. Um, but uh, we have a lot of fun with it. Again, I can't thank everybody, but special shout outs to, uh, I guess I still got to call him Young Santa, but uh, I was trying to shorten it down to Santa. I think it sounds cooler. I know there's already a Santa, so maybe we got to come up with a little something different. But he, he gave himself the, the Young Santa handle. Uh, shout out to him, his friend Chopper. Ch- Chops, what do you got to say about a guy named Chopper? Um, you know, you got your name. There's a recent guy on Twitter that I sent you is Choppiness, and his his handle is Chops as well. Every time I put in your at handle, there's eight million Chop House and all the stuff that comes up. Like, I, do you feel like you gotta you gotta distinguish yourself, make another trademark? Like, are people infringing on your territory? What's going on with this now? Okay, you know, there's only one at Chops in the D, so. You know, the fact that people want to get in on the likeness, you know, they, you know, be, to be an influencer, as the kids like to say, uh, I, I actually take pride in that. So, you know, look, you know, for it was great to meet Chopper uh, at the tailgate. Um, you know, listen, you want to send me, oh, look, this guy says Chopper. Yeah, you know, look, I am the, the, the original and that's great. Uh, patent pending, trademark pending. But uh, that's listen, you know, to be to be the man, people want to be the man. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> Did you did you hit your son with a trademark infringement when he kept using your gimmicks, or or have you passed those down in your will to him? Uh, he did sit in a in a he got sent to his room in a timeout when he yelled out the woo That was a big one. His was more like woo So uh, yeah, I had to send him for his room one. That yeah, that's right. Thanks, Rick. Yeah, I had to send him to his room for you know one. 
uh, infringing on the trademark, but two, like, you know, he kind of, he didn't do it strong enough. You know, he kind of came in a little, he, a little, a little too weak. So we're working on that. I'll get, uh, I'll get a little chopper going on that one. And like you said, we, we got to get back in this ball game. But I mean, between Bo DeFrisco, hashtag Bo knows, um, you know, we had people hitting me up the tuna seed mill from Wisco. Um, still looking to try to find Cornbread Jerry from North Kakalaki. He's disappeared. I hope he's healthy and well. <laughs> we we got KP from Real Deal Sports was hitting me up. I mean, so many others here on the line, out at the game. The funniest part, too, about the tailgate, walking in, being in the stadium, is like we're so used to doing this show, having fun, and enter- trying to entertain that we just talk in gimmicks now. Like people come around us and they talk about the Lions, we just start spitting off uh, Detroit Kool-Aid cast gimmicks, whether they know them or not, (laughs) which I think is uh, funny on a lot of levels. And even if they don't get it, we're still entertained, so it doesn't matter. But uh, shout out to everybody that supported uh, the show, the tailgate, the game, after the game. Um, You know, I think I got home at four in the morning, slept for 20 minutes, and before I knew it, I was up up working that... uh, that that monday so i know a lot of people had the mlk day which was crazy so um they got the day off and got to have a bunch of fun i'm sitting here working after the most incredible night of my life but um absolutely just awesome experience chops and i'm looking at this like second half and like there's not any big time scoring other than three field goals but i feel like there were a lot of crucial plays some that we'll get to and some that we won't because I literally haven't even been able to watch the condensed version, the TV feed, nothing. Um, but I'm really excited to see how it came off on TV. Um, you know, we have a great view of all the plays, but seeing it on, on, on TV or on the All-22 always is a big difference for me, at least to be able to get a feel for what happened and what didn't. But life's been crazy, and this game just went down less than 48 hours ago, and it was off the charts. So, Chops, where do you want to start, man, in the second half? How do you want to sum it up for for the great Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers out there? Man, I kind of want to go rapid fire because, like you said, there was uh, there's some things to point out, but um, I'm just going to jump right into it. So, you know, Rams come into the second half, you know, four plays and a punt, you know, only gained 13 yards. Next, you know, we get the ball back. We now take it down nine plays, 44 yards, and – Okay, this is to me, this was the turning point of the game because, you know, who's our kicker again? I don't even know who it is. You know, we've changed so many times. We've had guys in the wings. We've had guys miss extra points. It's been a no, it's what do we call him? Is he a badger? Michael Badgley, the badger, whatever it is, (laughs) nails a 54 yard field goal. Dan Campbell decides, you know what? Uh, we're not, we're going to, we're going to try this, man. Like we hadn't tried a long field goal in a, in a while. So from the Rams 36, we kick a 54 yard field goal to take a seven point lead. And again, you know, this, I think this is also the part of the game where you and I kind of looked at each other and you're like, man, they're only a down a touchdown. And I'm like, yeah, but we still have the upper hand. Like, yes, they could come down and score a touchdown, but we're still getting the ball back. And I'm just confident in the offense. And what happens? The Rams come down 10 plays, 66 yards. They get down to the nine yard line. And we're thinking, oh God, oh no. Okay. No, the defense steps up and holds them to a field goal. Another red zone stop that forces three instead of seven. It was a huge point in the game. Now they kick the field goal and we maintain a four point lead. Um, 
you know, I don't know if you want me to keep going here. We then get the ball back four plays. We do a four, uh, a three and out. We have to punt Rams come back again, another 79 yard drive. They take this down all the way to the lions, 11 yard line. And again, we're thinking, Oh my gosh, we're only up four. They take the lead, but we're still getting the ball back. So there's a chance it's going to be okay. No, Aaron Glenn's defense steps up again. And another red zone visit equals three, not seven. Huge, huge, huge defensive effort by this squad. And at this point, we are up by a single point, but three red zone stops. And I believe at that time there is, uh, let's see here, six minutes left in the third quarter. Should I let you finish it off with the fourth quarter, Oakley? Because we punted and then the fourth quarter hit. And what happened? Let us know. Yeah, man. Uh, you basically took it right there. I mean, just quickly going back to Badgley, a funny thing, Dan freaking Campbell. Um, you know, he's had a couple funny Badgley things during his weekly interviews. I think it was a couple weeks ago when he missed those extra points and people asked him about it. He, I love when he tells like the the way that he talks with his players, where he's like, he's like, you know, you know, Badgley, man. He he, he came over and just said, man, I mishit it, man. I mishit it, and, and I'll I'll be good. That was terrible. And uh, and Dan Campbell like, and, and he was, he's good, he's good. Um, so and and then his most recent one is he was like Michael Badgley. You know, they asked him about this big field goal, and he's like, the the thing I like about Badgley, man, is he doesn't give a crap. <laughs> This is on the radio, by the way. He doesn't give a crap. He just swings his leg, same every time, doesn't care. He's going to go out, do his job, makes kicks. It's like, okay, Dan Cam, we haven't made many kicks this year, but if you if you like him, you have your confidence, it's good. And and the 54-yarder was good. Uh, it was good by a few yards. So that probably was the swinging play of the game. We we didn't really note it, you know, know that at the time, but you noted the big defensive stops. I, I guess if I remember it, so that so they get it to within one, you know we, we take the ball, we we unfortunately have to punt it back, and all I remember is you saying it, and then I think I saw it on some replay that Jack Fox had like two punts that I swear I I swear I, I watched one back a second time because he was standing on his twenty, and he punted this football to the other team's ten. <laughs> If my math's correct, that's 30 yards to get us to the 50, plus another 40 yards if it gets to your 10 for a fair catch. So it's anywhere from 65 to 70 yards in the air, by the way, with no return. I mean, that 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 was that's game-changing right there by our punter. Kickers and punters are people too. But sure enough, like we did punt it back, and here comes... Here comes number nine. Like he throws, you know, he throws a little drive starter. And the next thing you know, I see Puka Nakua running down the field. Nobody can tackle him. I'm getting frustrated. Makes another little screen ball to Kyron Williams, I think it was. He gets about 10, 15. Next thing you know, they're at like our 30-some yard line. But but what do you know? Before they clunk up a few plays or a few things happen, all of a sudden this happens. Unleash Hutch. Aiden Hutchinson coming, flying off the edge. He gets rag tied up by his neck like he's been all year. The only difference was this time the Zebras actually gave us a call. 
How many times has Aiden Hutchinson been been held, wrangled to the ground, tackled, wrestling suplex, you know, leg drop, toe hold, whatever they've been doing to get this guy down so he can't kill their quarterbacks, and refs have been letting it go all year. Nope, not this time. Flag comes out. Hey, here's where I got the beef at chops in the D I'm sitting right next to you. I'm going crazy because we get this flag and, and I I think it was an incompletion. So it would have been like third, it would have been third, fourth and four, but I saw the flag and I'm going nuts because I know it's a hold. I'm a boy, Aiden Hutchinson. I'm repping his Jersey. Of course, the old school throwback. Um, and and you lean over and, and are saying decline coach hashtag coach chops would have declined this penalty, allowing the team to not only go for it on a fourth and four, but pretty much still in field goal range where Coach Oakery was like, no, you're taking the 10-yard penalty, pushing them back, letting our defense do what they've been doing and going to save this ball game because a field goal might beat us at this point. Sure enough, Dan freaking Campbell listens to me. He 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 told you what to do with your uh, decline, let him go for it on fourth and short. You've had enough of that shit. Yeah, he wasn't having that at all. And sure enough, we get off the football field where they try to gun it to Puka again. But who's there to make the play? Our DBs, Fabio, put his shoulder into somebody, get off the football field, and I'll kick it back to you for your boy JG, Jared Goff, and what they did from there. Yeah, so easy for you to go back and say, oh, yeah, well, Coach Choppy here was wrong. Hi, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, huh? Yeah, pretty convenient. It would have been third and four. It actually would have been fourth and four from the 34. Their kicker ain't crap either. So I was comfortable with saying, hey, you know what? Maybe make them try to make a really a longer field goal because no, no, he's no. not that good. And he, you were like, is, oh, gosh, it this worked This is not out. defensible, Choppy. This is not one you wanted to go act like you had a good uh, take. That was a horrible take. Uh, you're third and four with that offense rather than move them back to third and 14 as well as get them out of uh, manageable field goal range. It, it made no sense. You were confused. Just say it. No, there was no confusion whatsoever. <laughs> Did you see Matthew Stafford drop almost 300 yards on us and Puka Naku running all over the place? Also with Cooper Cup. Oh, and the other guy that went, you know, Robinson was open a lot. They had Tutu who was open a lot. Yeah, giving Matthew Stafford another shot on third down, whether it be third and four, third and 14, I was perfectly comfortable with my take. We're not going to bore the people with an argument because, again, <laughs> you'll never admit that you were wrong. I'll never admit that I was wrong. So we'll move on. Okay, right. so here we go. We get the ball back. They punt. Uh, comes back to us. And again, we, we what do we do? Run up the middle with Demo. Goff passed to Demo for 11 yards. Demo again with another run. Like, we're just <laughs> running on the clock. There's four minutes left, and we just bleed the clock down with Jared Goff and D-Money. There's a combo. That's like a Demo, a D-Money, but yeah. Uh, bleed the clock, bleed the clock, and then what happens? It's second and nine. Most conventional wisdom would say, or coming out of the two-minute warning, most people would think, okay, you know, run the ball again. Got to get this first down. No. Jared Goff comes out, gunslinging to my boy, Amon Ra, for a nine, excuse me, 11-yard completion, a first down, and allows us to put the team in victory formation to take a knee. It's great because... It was funny because the crowd was kind of like, was that it? Was it, was, did that first down just win? Even Jared Goff was like, it took me a second to realize that that was it. And, uh, you know, and Dan freaking Campbell came storming onto the field 
screaming and yelling and throwing his headset. He was so happy. That's what was the trigger for me. But that was it, boys. That was it. Detroit, you are a playoff winner at Ford Field. Take a knee three times and call it a W. Woo! Now, this is what I will give you, not that Bula Bula take you just had to try to defend yourself, is that everyone was kind of going crazy around us, and me and you were, like, still trying to figure out if there was time, but the crazy part is, the crowd was so crazy the whole game that the bums from L.A. had to use two timeouts early in the third quarter because they couldn't hear, they couldn't communicate. Uh, you know, Sean McVay got all nervous and scared and had to call those timeouts, so at the end of the ball game, I kept telling you and everybody around me, like, they have one timeout. And it was like, if we get a couple first downs here, she could end the ball game with the ball in our hands, as we've done multiple times. And sure enough, you laid it out. That's exactly what they did. Me and you were a little bit like, hold on, hold on, like making sure that, you know, we, we didn't do our math very quickly, but everyone started to go crazy around us. And we're like, I guess that is it. And, uh, you know, Chops, I... I know there's the pictures of, like, the the people crying and the old people and whatnot, but, like, you know, i never seen it from you, but, like, I mean, you know I've wanted this for a long time. I've been through lots of losses, lots of bad seasons with this football team, but when we both knew it was it and we were going crazy with all the people around us, man, you definitely, you could see the emotion on you, man. You welled up kind of like, I can't believe we just beat – Matt Stafford, the L.A. Rams, Lions in our house. This is a dub. It's in the books now. All we got to do is kneel on it, and uh, I I was hype as well. I mean, again, it was one of those moments I almost couldn't even believe how close that game was, how intense it was, the back and forth, and to just get that W and people just, I mean, just the raw emotions. I mean, I know I let out a few screams and just a few, like, um, just excitement to no end because – I've been bottled up for a long time, and, like, we knew we had it. We knew we were advancing. We knew that we were so proud of this football team, both on and off the field. It was it was a moment that I will never, ever forget in Detroit sports history, ever. Man, I, I, it, it for me, it was just this culmination of so much – like I had so much built up in me. There was anxiety for the game. There was this elation for this amazing season. Um, you know, all the storylines that we talked about, you know, golf revenge game, you know, being run out of town and, you know, the, the hometown kid coming back, you know, to, to vanquish his team that, you know, traded him away. You know, he had gotten a Super Bowl and all these things, you know, all the storylines, you know, the SOL crowd, like all this stuff, man, it was just like, I'm, we're screaming and you're yelling when, it, you know, like you said, the realization came that, wow, we really can just go in victory formation here. And we're yelling and we're screaming. And, you know, I looked up and I, it, it hit me. And it's like I, they showed Jared Goff on the sideline. And I think he was <laughs> hugging Dan Campbell. And it was like, I, I, you're right, man. Like I almost like I just I like put my head hands on my head. I put my head down. And I'm like, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to shed some man tears here. It was crazy. Like it just hit me like of a ton of bricks. Yeah. And uh, yeah, man, like there, there's a, a couple behind us, I think from you that in their season ticket uh, section there that like the, the lady was crying and the guy was just like, he was, you know, hugging her and they, <laughs> you know, you could tell they had just been waiting for so long and the city's been waiting so long and you know, Gosh, oh great! You know, now I'm—I mean, I'm getting emotional even just talking about it now. Like 
all the things that we have been through, all this team has been through, all this town that's been through, the the SOL sh- nonsense, you know, the the all the stuff that led up between these two teams, the nine straight playoff losses, not hosting a playoff game in so long, it all just like came down like a ton of bricks off my shoulder, man. Like this huge euphoria weight was lifted off, and Oakry. The best way I can say it is, we are the brand new Lions. We are NFC North champions. We are playoff victory number one in the house. This is Brad Holmes, Dan freaking Campbell, and Jared Goff's team. And anybody, whoever has the audacity to come in here and give me an SOL line, I see that you're done. Okay, there's no more of that. The monkey is off our back. This is a brand new Lions. This is the brand new Lions. And this is what we have, people. Drink it in. Love it. Enjoy it. Celebrate. Have a couple of Kool-Aids. Have a couple of soda pops. We are moving on. And by the way, karma's of you-know-what, we are hosting another playoff game because Dallas the ball don't lie, lost on Sunday earlier in the day. So yeah, let's go. We're going to host another game. We're going to talk about it all more on the bonus show for you people on Friday, a full preview, bringing the Bucks to town, or as my boy said, whoever the F wants to come here and play us, we'll play them. It don't matter. This is the brand new Lions. Let's go. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I, um, so, again, I think for me what happened is that, gosh, I was just in that crowd mode. So I was more in, like, the intense hype. But where I, met, where I saw it from you was I went, I came to give you the big double high five or whatever, and that's where I saw it in your eyes. It's just like, man, this thing's over. You've obviously fought for this quarterback. You know, you've, you've jumped on this show the last year or two and, and brought the brought the energy and had a lot of fun with it. So I could see, like, all that stuff coming together. I was just the, it, the crazy guys in front of us. There's probably eight or ten of them all lined up. I mean, they brought the juice all game. Uh, you were having tons of fun with them. People were just staying in their seats for an extra 10, 15, 20 minutes, however long it was that we just stood there. I was just pointing up at the last row of the upper deck telling those people, this is, you know, this for everybody in this mug that brought it. And uh, like you said, from people crying to high-fiving, I tried to come and give you a running chest bump. You weren't having it because you're bad wheel and because you just can't get, you got the those white man ups, you can't get off the uh, concrete there to to show me any love at that point. I almost blew out my knee uh, when, you, when you didn't go for it. But, uh, like, I just think there was just so much energy. Everybody didn't want to leave when they did. They're dancing in the aisles chance as we're leaving you know we're we're yelling out gimmicks and and having fun from the time we left our seats the time we got back to our vehicle um it it was one of those like and and again i'm not going to go on a big rant about this but some people are you know well why are you so excited it's one playoff win because it was our one playoff win in 30 plus years. We've went 0-16. We've had so many ref ref debacles. We've we've 
suffered these ridiculous moments in how to lose a football game or how to get screwed out of a football game. Um, and to see this football team fight through, to have them win a game like this against all their former people with, uh, with all our guys leading the charge now, never backing down, like... That's why everybody's so hype. And, like, I even told you that, like, of course we're glad to advance. Of course it's awesome we're getting another home playoff game for the people. But there's never going to be another game like this. This was a the first time it was against your, your former time type team in certain ways. It was under the lights. It was the main game on. It was... There's just never going to be another game like that unless you're playing an NFC championship is the only way it gets bigger, and that could happen as well. And this team, as I said months ago, can make the Super Bowl this year, (laughs) and they have a beautiful path to do so. So, Chops, I think that's rather than get into some of the other nonsense that happened either after the game or these side topics, no one really cares about that because what we do is we come on here and we serve Detroit Kool-Aid with a double-sided cornbread. We talked about the fun before the game. We got into the actual game itself, the back and forth, the great play by the Lions offense, the Lions D stepping up for two to three quarters to help finish this one, and the Lions coming out with, what did we say before? One more point than their opponents, 24 for the Detroit Lions, 23 for the LA Rams, victory, playoff Dubsky. And that's one. That's one. <laughs> now we're getting greedy going for more. It's not done yet, Okri. It's just not. You know, Dan freaking Campbell is has this. I mean, he he knows what he's got to do, right? Like all this talk, lots of post game. You know, Penny Sewell, the door's open. Now let's kick that biatch wide open. It's time. It is our time. This is just the start of this run people. So live it up. I agree with you. This game, there will never be this game ever again. First home playoff, a game of Ford field vanquishing Stafford for good, putting him in his grave, putting him in his tombstone Goff, the, the chip off his shoulder with the way he was treated by his former team. Thank you. Undertaker like SOL is dead. Brand new lions. Baby is alive and kicking. And listen, I, if this is the last thing that I ever say on a podcast, this is what I'm going to say. Jared Goff, you are good enough for Detroit. (laughs) There it is, everybody. That will not be the last thing he says, but it might be the last thing on this show because everybody, that's what we got. Everyone saw it. The 66 plus thousand that were there with us experienced the greatest sporting events, I think maybe in Detroit sports history. I know we didn't raise a cup. I know we didn't win a chip yet, but it was absolutely incredible from every level. Um, As we always say, everybody, drink it in. Drink it in, man. Cornbread. And get hype because we're coming back to you for a double dip Friday pod, playoff pod, edition number two, because we got the Bucks coming to town. They're coming to Detroit. We already beat them once. We're going to make it twice. And now if we do that, 
then we're playing for the NFC Championship and so much more. But we'll take it one game at a time, like Dan Campbell says, one podcast at a time. That's what we got. We'll catch you on Friday, right here on the playoff winning edition of the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. We're out. Playoffs? Bonus show. Do you guys feel like you're a threat in the playoffs? That's the dumbest question. You know we're a threat. <laughs> Come on, man. Pack the bag, stop the plane. This game is over. It is over. What a comeback by the Lions. Drink it in, man.